Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Turn your Bibles to Jeremiah, the third chapter. Jeremiah 3. Uh, I appreciate the atmosphere that has been set in here. And uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be like uh, the prophetic word that Elizabeth Taylor told her eighth husband. Uh, I won't be long. So uh, this won't be this won't be long, um, but uh, I just want you know I, I didn't really come to to preach. Uh, I really just came to to impart what I believe the heart of God is for this day and for this house and certainly for uh, this man of God and his and his family. I think it's uh, important that we are focused where God is. And I'll speak a little bit about that in a, in a few moments, but uh, I'm just here, man of God, cause I, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, you picked up lunch last time and I figured I owed you. So uh, I don't know if I'll get an honorarium. Probably, I'll probably get an invoice, but, um, but no, I, I, I appreciate you because I, I can't just be me with, with everybody. And that's not an arrogant statement. It's just that some some preachers are just so starchy around the collars and they sleep with Jesus at the end of their bed and they talk in the King James version. And I, I just don't do that stuff real well. So you let me hang out and, and chill and and use words that I learned in Granite Falls, North Carolina. That's where I'm from uh, in Granite Falls, North Carolina. As a matter of fact, I married uh, and uh, uh, a descendant of the Stallings family. Are we in Stallings or are we in? Yeah, of the Stallings family. It went to elementary school and high school and college. And actually, he just sold my parents home. Uh, my mom just transitioned a couple of years ago and he sold their home. So I came out here to Stallings to actually marry him years and years ago. So I'm familiar with the area. But my, my main point is just that uh, you let me be who I am, which is just a small town boy who's had an opportunity to really see some things and share the gospel of the kingdom in a lot of places. And I appreciate you and uh, love you much. Uh, Jeremiah three, verse 15. Just want to highlight this appreciation. That's what I'm here. If you looking for a whole lot of revelation, you can probably go back and pick his message up from last week, but I uh, just gonna, I want to keep it simple and, and just share what I believe the Lord is saying uh, regarding this man and regarding you, a people that uh, have been joined to him. He says in the 15th verse of Jeremiah 3, uh, Jeremiah writes, and I will give you, this is the heart of God written through Jeremiah, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge. I know that you receive that here. With understanding, I know you receive that here, and with judgment. So, Father, please pour yourself out, bless, honor, and confirm your word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The beauty of this is that Jeremiah says that I will give you spiritual shepherds. And uh, I know that as we look around and see what's happening in the body of Christ today, we, we wonder if our shepherds are actually spiritual, many of them. And if they are spiritual, what spirit are they being led by? There is so much that is happening in the body of Christ as wheat is growing up with the tear 
But that is what the, the Lord would have things to be in order that we would be able to identify what is spirit and what is truth. And so Jeremiah prophesies and says that I'll give you spiritual shepherds, which ties into the book of Ephesians, where it says that he who ascended descended, but he gave gifts to man. And those gifts were the apostle and prophet. Those gifts were the, the pastor, the evangelist and the teacher. And so Jeremiah ties into the word of the Lord, speaks it for generations. And Jesus at his ascension then gives these gifts and he gives shepherds, he gives pastors. And the Lord has given this house a shepherd. He's given this house a true pastor. And uh, I applaud you for taking time to celebrate him because as the text says, he's one that feeds you with knowledge and he feeds you with understanding and feeds you with judgment. The true mark of a, of, of a pioneer and a man who actually fathers over a congregation as he does is the fact that the people are built up in the knowledge of Christ. They come into the understanding of who he is and what he stands for, what his ways are, what his mind is like what he is up to because they're able to discern the Lord and then bring understanding to the things of God. Also understanding to the times, but more importantly, understanding the things that are going on in our individual lives, often that will block us and keep us from the full understanding of who Jesus is. There are blocks in our lives that can keep us from discovering who God is. And that's why I, I, I applaud the scripture reading of Psalm 91 in order that there would be the decree and declare and, and the declaring and the prophetic word that really begins to root out and pull down and destroy and throw down those blockages in the lives of people that would keep them from ascending to the hill of the Lord. That would keep them from hearing what God is saying and seeing what God is doing and understanding what it is that the Lord wants. Well, the Lord anoints men and women, but this day we honor that the shepherd of the house, the Lord anoints men to be able to bring again the knowledge that makes you free, the understanding that keeps you free and giving you the understanding of how to judge your own life without condemnation. But even to be judges in the earth as we must speak to the principalities and powers and wiles of the devil. We must speak to those high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And we must be able to line them up against what is truth and what is a lie, what is authentic and what is deception. What looks like God, but what has a semblance to God, but is not God at all. And so the Lord says, I need spiritual shepherds. I need spiritual men and women who will who I can reveal myself to. And in the revealing of myself, move people into the posture that they should carry as sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. You are sons of the kingdom of God. You have been set apart for such a time as this to be a demonstration of the kingdom that has come, the kingdom that is at hand, and the kingdom that is coming. The kingdom that has come, the kingdom that is at hand, and the kingdom that is coming. But it takes spiritual leadership that's tapped into the heart of God to be able to lead people from the places of their promises into the manifestation of that promise. Because most people get tripped up in the in-between. Somewhere in here where we hear a word, there becomes a lot of things called life. 
that really gets in the way and keeps us from manifesting the word. The joy of the Lord is certainly our strength, but we find that strength in shepherds who are able to hear the word of the Lord and to help the people of God navigate into what it is that they should get into as they connect corporately with the body to bring God's heart to pass. God has desires for you. God has plans for you. There are things the Lord wants to reveal and work through you, but the Lord says you're going to need a shepherd to do this. I trip on people that think that they can just stay at home and sit in the bed and do bedside Baptist and all that kind of stuff and, and have no accountability and forsake the fellowship of the brethren and think they don't need a leader in their life, but they go to work and have a boss. And these are the same spirit-filled, talking tongues, make-up tongues, prophesy, prophesy, people, that, 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 that believe that they are walking in a measure of power when many of them are lost because they don't understand that the head of Jesus is God. And that God sets men, he sets women in place in order that they would be able to be light shining in darkness, carrying wisdom and knowledge, insight, revelation, direction, power, all the things that are necessary to move a people out of darkness into light. Because darkness is not just at the point of salvation. We can be saved and enter into dark places. But in those dark places, it's where we have a man of God that hears clearly what the Lord is saying, that we would not be able just to go through, we'd be able to go through the right way. There's a big difference between going through and going through the right way. Many of us have gone through, but we've gone through the wrong way. So what happens? You got to come back around and go through and find the right way. The right way to handle my finances. The right way to handle my business. The right way to deal in the matters of life. The right way. Because there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end therein is destruction. And we've got to have leaders who will stand up and show us at the risk of our them leaving or us leaving them, rather, the truth that needs to be communicated. Because the truth makes you free, but not everybody wants it. And so I applaud you because I know that you have a teacher that ministers the truth. And it's an honor to be with you on this day when I believe the Lord is saying to this man, just as he is saying to his family, that you are appreciated. I believe that's what the Lord is saying. I believe this is a, a day of divine arrangement that you do every year where you take time that God may speak from heaven down and say you're appreciated. And that's a big challenge in the body of Christ is that not a lot of men and women who do what we do are really appreciated. Don't really feel appreciated. Folk talking about church hurt. Shoot, I got y'all hurt. When we gonna write that book? I got church hurt. I got member hurt. Because somewhere in this thing, it's believed that I can just do anything to the guy or the girl up here because they've got an S on their chest, which means save me from them. But, 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 but when we have an opportunity to appreciate a true gift in the body of Christ, we should do that. Someone asked me recently, they said, what is walking with God like? I responded, it's the gaining 
of his perspective. What's walking with God like? It's, it's like the gaining of his perspective. It's walking closely knitted with him that you begin to, to see how he sees. You begin to speak like he speaks. You begin to instruct and direct and lead and carry your life the way he does because I'm walking with him in step that he becomes more visible to me like he did on the road to Emmaus. They walked with him but didn't even know who he was. That's the way it is for many people in the church. They're walking in the churches. They're singing songs. They're clapping their hands. But they have no intimate relationship with God. They don't know the Lord. They don't live with him. They don't move with him. They don't have their being with him. They're preoccupied by so many other things instead of coming into the place where they realize that my true life is in him. And that I'm walking with him so I can begin to gain his perspective say in synchronicity with him that I would be able to move when he moves just like that. And I would be able to see what he sees as soon as he reveals it to me because the Lord wants the eyes of our understanding open, not just the set ministry's eyes. He wants everybody's eyes open so all of us can get into what he has for us. But it takes a good shepherd to lead us in that way. I enjoy doing life with you, man. I enjoy doing life with you because, number one, you walk with God. And I can tell you walk with God. You can tell when somebody walks with God when you get around them and you start lining up. <laughs> pray a little extra prayer at lunch, a little, little longer prayer. Throw a little uh, shanda at the end of it. You can tell when you walk with God, when, when, when they ask you the right types of questions that hold me accountable to, to my husbandry and hold me accountable to my parenting and hold me accountable to the member, the leadership. You, you know somebody walks with God when they ask you questions that God already has you thinking about. And that's one thing that, again, I love about him is he walks with God. But number two, he's gained and is gaining and will continue to gain God's perspective. If you're in this house, you're in a good house. And not everybody can say that they're in a good house. And sometimes we don't even celebrate the good house we're in. We become familiar in it. We become common with it. We're too close to the fountain to get wet. And sometimes you got to drop back and get drenched so you can come back in and serve the anointing that the Lord has put you over. The anointing that breaks you out and sets you free and awakens you and moves you into things you never imagined that you could move in before. And until you heard the word of the Lord out of this man some of you were broke busted and disgusted but look at you now the power of God is with you the presence of God is upon you you're saying moving and doing things you never imagined you could do because you've got a shepherd who's gained God's perspective and he's pouring it out on you a perspective is a particular attitude towards something it's a particular attitude Regarding something, I like talking with, 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 I call him D, I call him D Money, I call him what's up, bruh, I call him all kind of stuff. Uh, but, 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 but it, when you walk with men that carry anointings like this man carries, out of him come the perspectives of God. And they won't always feel good. And they won't always make you shout. I think the church shouts to the wrong stuff. 
I think we shout to the bless me, I'm coming out and I'm going to make it stuff. But we don't shout to revelation that breaks chains and revelation that shifts our mindsets and our attitudes and revelation that causes us to be better daddies and moms and grandmas and sisters and co-workers and entrepreneurs. Revelation that it seems very small, but it changes the very trajectory of your life. He carries a God kingdom point of view that only kingdom people can receive. You can't talk kingdom stuff to church folk. I'm getting real messy now. Start the car. Crack the door. I told him I like sitting right here because I can just exit straight out. But we must understand that the church is the equipping center for the kingdom. It is the hub that we come into to learn of the kingdom of God. God never wanted us to stop at church or ecclesia. He wanted us to be kingdom expressions. Jesus came into the region and said, repent, change your mind, the way you're thinking and the way you're doing things, because the kingdom of God is at hand. It is right here. It is close to you. And it is going to require of you something that is greater than what you've done in the temple. The kingdom requires of you something different than what you did in the church you were in when you were growing up. And what happens is a lot of people never transition out of where they came from to get into where God's already taken them, but they don't realize he's already there waiting. And the Lord is saying to us that, that, that I've given you a man who's going to bring my point of view. Psalm 103:77 reveals this to us. It says, and this is God speaking of Moses. It reads and says, he made his ways known to Moses. 103.77 says, he made his way. God made his way known to Moses. God made his ways known to Moses and he made his acts known to the children of Israel. So the man of God knew the ways of God. Often the people of God don't want to get close enough to God to know the ways of God and all they really see are the acts of God. But the Lord is calling all people to know his ways, to hear his voice, to hear his sound, to understand him clearly, that we would be a people who all would go up and not just a set leader. There's some paradigms in the body of Christ that have to shift We're not in a day where everything is on the pastor. Let pastor do it. Let bro pastor do it. Pastor got it. Pastor can handle it. Now pastor burnt out, got seven chicks on the side, then blew all the church's money, drinking, getting high. Well, what happened to pastor? Y'all happened to him. Not you. None of that in the name of Jesus. None of that. But that's what's happening to men who are leading and women who are leading all over the world is because the people of God are living with this codependency upon the pastor instead of receiving what is being outpoured in order that you could be built up to do the works of ministry even greater than what's inside of him. It's okay to be anointed if you've got an anointed leader. It's okay to have insight and wisdom and intelligence. It's okay to move 
move and shake in the spirit. It's okay to be able to move in the gifts of the spirit. It's okay. But that's not the church we came from. Because as soon as your giftedness showed up, now they're watching you. Third row. Gray dress. Lips are moving. I think it's that tongue stuff. And we, 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 the past has run the giftedness out of the church. Thank God you've got a lever that wants to stir up the giftedness, that wants to build into the giftedness, that wants to bring you into who you are and what you carry. And the Lord is saying, I've poured myself into this house and there's a glory that you can step into and things will shift in your very life and you will know my ways and not just my acts. Your man of God has tapped into and continues to discover and yield to the ways of God. It's a coming up higher. God tells the Apostle John in the book of Revelations, he says, bruh, come up higher that I may show you some things that must take place after this. After what? After Apostle Terrell's been here. There's some things that must take place after this. Because I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here just to preach. I can do that at home. And God knows she knows in her too much of that. I can do that at Life Center International. But no, the Lord has sent me here with you, a people that are on assignment and are called and have been joined to this man to say that he has called you to come up higher. In your thinking, you're doing it in your being. See, a lot of people live at this level right here and they never get the view and the perspective that's going to shift their bloodlines. So he tells John to come up higher. Why come up higher? Because the view changes from here to there. Well, I don't like what pastor said. He's trying to get you higher. Why has he got to say that about, I think my house is bugged. He seemed to know everything. He's anointed. That's why you joined the ministry. He has an ear to hear. (laughs) Now he's hearing. I don't want him to hear. Too late. But when you come up higher through impartation, through instruction, through direction from one who loves you, you begin to see things differently. You begin to walk differently, talk differently, conduct your life differently. You move into places that people never believed that things were going to come out of you because you've tapped yourself into a vein of a man of God that the Lord is using to enrich your life. It's a good place to shout. Hear me, true life. And and I've been in ministry long enough to realize that in the eyes of God, pastoral celebration is at different levels in the eyes of God. Pastoral appreciation is at different levels. There's rank in the kingdom of God. There's order in the kingdom of God. But there are also levels and dimensions in the kingdom of God. There are some pastoral appreciations that that are happening that, can I be honest, they just don't need to be happening. They just don't need to be happening. But you have one that should be happening. Now, now pastors are equal in essence because they're pastors, but they're not equal in function. Some pastors can do things that others can't do. Some can really move in the function where some only want to move in the title. Preach, Murphy. I'm messing. 
I just want you to have something negative to say about me. <laughs> Encouraging himself. David did it. David encouraged himself. Ain't it amazing what dead people can get away with? People like me are only safe when we die. Because while we're alive, we're controversial. But that's the way of the believer. The believer should be controversial because you're in a kingdom that is controversial, that is carrying truths and understandings and knowledge that has not been poured out on the common man, but on the spirit-filled man, the spirit-filled woman, that they would be able to take these truths and carry them into the marketplace and bring transformation to everything that is existing there. And people know that surely they must have been with God. They must have been over there at true life, getting a word from the Lord that is enriching their lives and causing them not just to be believers but to be impactful believers in such a time as this where we need men and women who will rise up and say for God I'll live and for God I'll die and I'll stand strong in him and the power of his might because I've been trained, equipped I've been fortified, I've been built up garrison and I'm going to the other side if I can find somebody to go with me because I've got a leader that's not like Saul that is sitting under a labyrinth tree when there's battles to be done. So God, God gives you a leader that don't want to do church, but wants to be what the church is supposed to be. And that can be uncomfortable for us, but it's good that we get uncomfortable <laughs> That's why he sent the comforter. <laughs> you can't be in the kingdom of God and not be uncomfortable. It's just not the way of the kingdom. Why? Because it comes after every kingdom that is already inside of us. See, what I love about this man is he understands the dynamic of a person, the dynamics of a person's life to realize that when you get saved, your, 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 your human spirit is entered by the spirit of God, but your soul it's where the problem is because your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions and your soul has been with you longer than Jesus has. Spirit of God's only been with you as long as you've been saved, but your soul was bit, was with you when you were conformed, conceived in your mother's womb and you connected with the soulish things that were inside of your mom. And everything that she endured and dealt with and had to face, that came upon you in your soul. So your soul believes it can guard you. And it's your soul that tries to keep you from advancing into the things of the spirit. Because the soul thinks it knows you and can protect you better than the spirit. Because the spirit is saying, bid me to come. And your soul is saying, heck no, we ain't walking on water. We don't even shower. And your spirit is saying, go ye therefore. And your soul says, I'm going home, I'm tired. And our soul has been with us and dictates life to us. So when we begin to hear truths from the word of God that are spirit filled, our soul begins to battle with us because our soul said, if you love people who hate you, they're going to hurt you again. And your soul says, don't you dare forgive them because you know what they did to you the last time. But the spirit says, you must forgive them. And the spirit says, tithe and give an offering and sow seeds and be generous. And your, and your, and your, 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 your soul is saying, no, we got to go to Disney. 
and it battles with us. And what you have to do is you have to die to self in order to hear the spirit revelation that is coming because you have a man who walks by the spirit who's tapped into the spirit, who's doing things from the place of the revelation of the spirit. And he's building this house not to be mega. He's building this house to have mega people. To be quite honest, in my humble but accurate opinion, I think God's through with mega. I think what the Lord is doing now more than anything is he's building mega believers. He's not looking at the size of churches. Stop getting misled by what you see on YouTube and what you see on Facebook. All these thousands of peoples and all they're mostly doing, and I say this with respect, is they're not changing cities, they're changing traffic patterns on Sunday mornings. And they're not changing cities. Well, you mighty bold. I can say this because I pastored 13, 14,000 people before an awakening from the Lord that says, you're building crowds. I'm trying to make disciples. And I walked away from a $20 million building. I walked away from a 3,000-seat sanctuary. I walked away from acre upon acre. I walked away from suits with my names in them, private jets, and all that because I heard the voice of the Lord because as I walked with him, I gained his perspective and realized that while you're doing all this to gain a crowd, you're not making disciples. Jesus dies, is resurrected, comes back, teaches to the disciples for for, uh, 40 days. In 40 days, he starts at 500 people. By the time we get to the day of Pentecost, there's only 120. He lost 380 people in 40 days. I don't know a pastor in the nation that wouldn't kill themselves. Because he wasn't after a crowd. He was after disciples. And people hear me. I say this to life center. I say this to true life. I say this to every man of God that is streaming and every person that is a part of a congregation somewhere. We are addicted to the big and God is saying, no, I want to make big, not just have big. And so the Lord sends men like this. He sends women like Stacy. He says, what we want to do is we want to make disciples. And we're not addicted to having a big building. Now, I'm not saying a big building is bad. I'm not saying a whole lot of people is bad. But if they are not disciples, if they're just churchgoers, if they're just people who are coming in the building because that's the popular thing. I knew why people came. The first day of our ministry in 2003 when we moved from Atlanta to Charlotte was, two, was, 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 was we were in a 722-seat sanctuary, North Mac High School, and 722 people came on the first Sunday. Why did they come? Because I'm anointed. That's an easy one, y'all. No, they came because I came from Atlanta under a big brand. New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, Bishop Eddie Long. I came out from under that, so surely everybody, and I would have been a fool to think they came to see me the first day. They was hoping the bishop was there. And they got me. So the second week, we went down to like 120 people. I looked at Susan, I said, who sinned, my mother or my father? (laughs) 
But God built and built and built and built and built. And in seven years, six years, we built a $20 million building to tell you how productive we were in the trends of man, but not in making disciples. You're in a good place. You're in a good place with a good man that wants to build you, not just build numbers, but build you to go touch numbers of people. This is the kingdom of God. This is very key. You've been given a shepherd after God's heart. Where? And this is the question you got to ask about people who are moving in things in God. Where? Where'd you get that? Where, where did you get that heart? I'll tell you where you got it, Pastor Devon. You, you got it from your pursuit of God. That's where you got it. In Exodus 33, Moses asked God, show me your glory. Show me your face. And God says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I can't show you my glory, but I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock as I go by. And as I go by, I must hide you. He said this. He said, because no man can see me and live. No man can see my glory and really live. And I'll tell you how Pastor Devon got the heart of God. It's because you have dared to allow God to show you his glory. Hear this. And in showing it to you, your flesh continuously dies. Why? Because no man can see God and live. You can't see God and stay the same way. Act the same way, go to the same places, do the same thing. And you've got a man who pursued God and saw God and flesh begin to peel away from his life and continues to peel away from his life because he's hungry for the glory, not the glitz and the glamour. And he wants to reveal the glory of God to you that as you die, you become more in the likeness of Jesus. And what you've been called to do together, you do it together in the power of God, not the power of a brand here's how it works you see him and you die you see God you die your will dies your desires die your bends die your proclivities die your relationships some of them die because you see God Your shortcomings die. And it's not so that we can come together on a day like this, a day that is celebrated in spirit and truth, in authenticity and honesty and excitement and in love. We come together and see a day like this that we see what the Lord is doing among us. And the Lord will usually use a set leader as an indication of what I want to do with the people. He becomes a model. She becomes a model. They become articulators. They become demonstrators of the gospel of the kingdom. They show the love and the care, the kindness and the compassion because the Lord is giving you something to see so that that would be what you begin to go after. The Lord said to share this with you, sir, and to share about you to each of those who he has coveted with you. And that's that the Lord is saying, I honor you because of your faithfulness. I honor you because of your faithfulness, because you've stayed steadfast. 
I've honored you because you've had every opportunity to walk away, but you haven't done it. You've had opportunities to remove people. You've had opportunities to be difficult. You've had opportunities to shut this whole thing down, but you've remained faithful unto the Lord. And the word I heard the Lord saying about you was faithful. See, faithfulness is a rudimentary foundational principle of character. Character. People of high character are faithful. They're faithful to God and they're faithful to those that God sends to them. Listen, there's no finer example of faithfulness than God himself. None. And throughout time, what has happened, God's remained faithful. And Devon, when God looks at us, he never looks for us. When he looks at us, he's really looking to see himself. God never looks at you to see you. He looks at you to see if you look like him. <laughs> I told our congregation, God, God's got this idea still that this thing's still about him. <laughs> he still believes that. Now, a lot of the church doesn't, but, but God really believes and I'm on God's side, in case lightning strikes. I'm on God's side. And he really believes, he's convinced, that this thing's about him. Jesus said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And what have we done? We've turned that into poor Jesus. No rest for the weary. He was broke. He was, he was raggedy. Now remember, bruh had gold, myrrh, and frankincense. <laughs> okay. And, and bruh had a treasure. That's like a CPA and accountant. <laughs> Look at somebody say, bruh was balling. I, I know that's outside of your form. I know that's too much for you to call Jesus bruh, but he's your bruh. Bruh was balling. And Judas had to have been stealing it for a while. So let's not make him poor. Because that's not what the scripture is saying. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to put his head. He's saying everybody has somewhere to go, but I'm trying to get my people to let me rest on their body. But I can't find anywhere to put my headship. Because people start believing this thing's about them and it's not about them. It's about me, saith the Lord. And when we can see God in his glory, it will begin to peel away the levels of self-consumption that all of us have knowingly or unknowingly and cause us to see God in a way we've never seen him before. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. There was something that was keeping me from seeing him. And if I can't see him, it's hard to see who's leading me. He never looks to see me. He looks to see himself. Jesus said this. He says, he says, if you have seen me, you've seen the father. That should be our aim. And I know it is this man's aim. 
Is he perfect? No. Are any of us? No. But here's the key. Am I available? <laughs> I gave up trying to be perfect a long time ago, but I'll never give up being available. I'll never give up yielding my ear and my heart to him. I may not do something right. I may miss the mark five times out of six, but you'll never be able to say that's the man that's not available to God. I am available to God. That's the reason I care about when I miss it, when I don't hit the mark, because I'm just available to him and I want to be used of God for the glory of his kingdom. And so God sends us leaders that will seek to emulate as close as they can the nature and the character of God that we would see God and in our seeing him, we would begin to want to pray like he prays and preach like he preaches and prophesy like he prophesies and heals like he heals and loves like he loves and cares like he cares and endure like he endures and overcome like he overcomes and be faithful like he's faithful. Why? Because God sent me a model that I could model. Who is God? Jesus in the flesh. I'm going to show you what I look like through a human. I'm going to let you hear what I sound like through a human. There's only been one perfect man. That's Jesus. The Bible says that, that, that he, he, he picked us from among men. We're going to have issues, but at the end of the day, what's the depth of the heart of the leader saying and after? Because of his faithfulness, I think he's worthy of being appreciated. I think he's worthy of being honored. I think he's worthy of being encouraged. I think he's worthy, worthy hear this, of being forgiven. Some of you need to loose him. You need to free him. Some of you need to quit being so critical of him. You need to free him. Let him go. Vengeance is God. God's got you. If there was something that was done wrong, I think he's spirit-filled enough that he'll know that he did it. If he doesn't, God will put him in check. Who's watching you, Apostle Murphy? God. No, I have, I have elders, an elder council, and I have outside council that elders can go to if I get real crazy. <laughs> but I'm answering to God. Hear this. And you can, you can move in love and kindness with him because of who God says he is. Paul even says in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, 11, 1 Corinthians 9, 11, rather, he says, he says, if we've sown spiritual things, grab your purse. <laughs> if we've sown spiritual things among you, is, is it too much if we reap material things from you? Is, is it too much for the man of God to receive from your, from your material things? It's, it, it, it's not, but, but somewhere we... We've come into this place where we want pastors to live poor. Take a vow to poverty, which is never what God intended for the men of God to do, which, which means that appreciation is sometimes financial. And I think some of you need to write the biggest check you've ever written to him this month. Between now and Christmas, you, you need to do it. You need to just go and sow and give honorable. He didn't tell me to come and say that. I just came to say it because I felt like it was what the Lord wanted to say. Okay. Some of y'all getting nervous. I'm going to finish. 
Jeremiah 1.5. Jeremiah 1.5. You know this scripture. Hear me, pastor. Hear, hear me, true life. God says, can I have a little sweetener so they know we leave them? Waffle house, draw me near. I'm coming real soon. Take it down just a little bit. I just want to get that out of the way with so you know that I'm thinking that I know what you're thinking about. Listen, listen, a little bit more, a little bit more. Listen. God says, God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you. I knew everything about you. Everything that would involve your life. Before your mama and daddy got together. See, they thought it was a hormonal rush. God was thinking about you getting it. That's why if you ask your parents, it probably wasn't all that. Daddy be like, I had an off night. I was just off. It wasn't even about that. It was about God getting you here. Because before he even formed you, he knew you. He knew everything that he had laid out for you. And just as he did at creation, he said, it's good. You've always been good. And you've always been good for God. So it says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I separated. I set you apart, consecrating you. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. One who carries the words of Christ to people groups. Let's not get deep. Let's not go out and start a ministry. Get a card. Prophet to the nations. <laughs> prophets be carrying on. I love, the, I, love, I love the prophets, but the prophets need an apostle. Hear me, true life. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, hear me. God had already joined you to this man. He'd already done it. Hear me, hear me. In this dispensation of time, and I trust it'll be forever, because it hurts when people sever from you. And often for no good reason, just because. But listen, he's put you together with him for God's purposes. God's purposes. Not so it'd be convenient for you, not because you knew him from somewhere else, not because of this or that. No, no, you're together for God's purposes. God tells you a lot about yourself by who he connects you with. God's a God of relationship. When I met my wife in college, she said, what you want? I said, to add value to your life. No, I didn't. <laughs> Mother, you want to get high? <laughs> That's where I was. 
I was a stepping cue and a football player. Anybody got no time for Jesus? I am Jesus. He tells you a lot about you by the anointing he joins you to. Which means just as that anointing has high purpose, guess what? So do you. You may not be recognized by everybody, but God sees you. And he knows the plans he's got for you. And he's not through with any of you. No matter your age, your situation, your financial standing, no matter what it is in your life, his mercies are new every morning. And his mercy is here for you. It's new for you. I beseech each of you to let God awaken you to this set leader. Because he's pursuing God for your life. You don't just sign up for this. People become foolish and do it because they think money is in it and popularity and fame. You don't just sign up for this. You got to love people. And he's pursuing God for your betterment. He's losing his life daily that you can live. Hear me. In his joining you, listen, in God's joining you with him, you already had some of what he had in him. That's why you agreed on the vision. Because a piece of it was already in you. Because as God made the masterpiece that you are and made the masterpiece that he is, he said, I got to drop a little bit of him in them and a little bit of them in him so that when they come together, they'll know, oh yeah, you the one. This is my word. This is my house. This is my man of God. And you live in that joining. Because all God's done all your life is orchestrated events to lead you to right here. <laughs> I think the day we got a haircut, I normally wasn't getting a haircut at that time. And I knew that dude was asking me questions about, I'm like, why you ask me when I'm coming or if I can come at another time? I'm your best customer. But God was orchestrating stuff because he knew that D had to get in there the day I was in there so we could join and it's been a value add to my life and to our ministry. That Psalm 91 thing. Oh, you will see that in Steel Creek. Oh, here's your boat. Yeah, yeah. I, that's coming home. And I'm not telling them where I got it. And y'all better not either. Y'all just better be like, Apostle's so anointed. How did he think of that? John the Baptist recognized his leader and it changed his life forever because he accepted what God had joined together.
not trying to find criticism with it. The only challenge he had was, was he got up and said, look, you the one or should I look for another? And Jesus didn't even answer. Because sometimes you know better. Jesus, you ought to know better, bro. You know I'm the one. I'm not even going to entertain that question. Sometimes my leaders get upset because I don't respond to text. Because they should know better. I don't return an email because they should know better. Asking me that. That's a whole nother leadership lesson. Your pastor, hear this clearly, has led you to an open door. We're coming to the Gregorian calendar in January, the calendar that we follow as Americans and most people. But the Hebraic calendar we entered into in September, the year 5784, the year of the Lord, the year of the open door the year of opportunity. He has led you to open doors. What's that thing in you that God is saying, go for it, do it, become it, tap into it. John said, behold the door standing open in heaven, a portal. You're in a portal right now that is an open door that your leader has led you into. And God is saying there's enough anointing in your life now to be what you never thought you could be and do what you never thought you could do. There is an open door to bring you into lifestyle changes and shifts, to move you into trajectories you never thought you could walk in, things the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, and not even entered to the heart of man, things that are exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask and or think. You're standing at an open door by a leader that the Lord has you with in this dispensation who wants to push you through that door and get you into everything that God's got for you. This is what leadership does. This is what should be appreciated. One more thing. God tells, I don't want to mess up your production. He said, if you go down there, there, ain't no lights. When I walked out of that ministry 10 years ago, I walked out of the lights. <laughs> Folk thought I was crazy. Why is being obedient crazy? Why does there have to be a problem or an issue? He must know something. Yeah, I knew God said leave. And I stayed through all the turmoil. I, we stayed through all the ugly. And then God says, now you can go. So I wasn't running nowhere. I wasn't running from nothing. I, I, I was just staying obedient. But, but in the body of Christ, it's amazing that we look at the, 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 the reasonable side of things, but, the, but not the unreasonable. See, God moves in the unreasonable. <laughs> Flesh moves in the reasonable. The 10 spies wanted what was reasonable. The two said, no, let's do the unreasonable. Let's go get it. And none of them jokers made it in because they didn't believe. Because they wanted the reasonable. The door is open for unreasonable things. Unreasonable steps that you take that you know what God has said and what God has intended for your life. And I step into it. Nobody may be with me, but I know it's God. 
people thought I was crazy to walk away from all that, but I knew it was God. And I have more value leading hundreds than I did thousands. I am more pleased, I am more satisfied, I am more in love with who I lead than when I'm leading thousands. God says, Moses, I want you to draw to me 70 of your elders. Bring, bring your people to bring your leaders to me. So this is what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to put your spirit on them. Now, this, this is tough for religious folk. Spirit-led people can hear this. He didn't say, I'm going to put Holy Spirit on them. He said, I'm going to put the spirit of your leader. It's in the Bible. Leviticus 11, maybe 11. I'm going to put the spirit of your leader on you. So you will know his burdens. So you will execute what's inside of him in the spirit by which he would execute. You will hurt when he hurts. You'll see what he sees. You'll tap into knowledge and revelation just as he taps into it. But I'm going to put his spirit. The church is scared of this. because uh, That's why I said you only saved when you're dead. That's when you're safe. He said, no, no, I, I'm going to put your spirit on them and they're going to carry vision out like you carry it out and that's what happens in so many churches today the spirit of the leader is not on the people they've got spirits of everybody else and everything else on them but not the leader why is Creflo Dollar sound like Kenneth Copeland because his spirit sunk yeah, spiritual. People look at me and say, you move just like Bishop Eddie Elon. Well, his spirit's on me. It's my spiritual father. It's... Hagee's son moves like Hagee because his spirit's on me. You look out the window and see your child and say, that's my boy because your spirit's on me. And that's the way we execute from generation to generation is when people are willing to let go who they are and what they carry and realize I've been joined to a man with a vision that God already put in me to bring the kingdom of God to pass. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.